What does it take to become a real estate agent? I interviewed Beverly Graham in Switzerland. She told me her own story of how she became an agent and gave me an interesting insight on what are the challenges and the joys related to this job. I'm here with Beverly Graham. Thank you so much for accepting my invitation. You're a real estate agent and I'm very curious to know what does a real estate agent do? Well, a real estate agent tries to sell houses and to find the perfect property for a family. Uh, it works both ways to try and find a good client for the seller and try and find something perfect for a family who is uh, looking to buy a property. How do you start um, selling houses? Where, where do you start? Do you study at um, school or university or is it really like a networking skill that you need to acquire? Well, Switzerland is one of the only countries where you do not yet need a license, which means that really anybody can say they're a real estate agent. And most of my life I was in fashion. I had fashion representation with my first husband. And then I had two shops. I gave up the shops and uh, I got into real estate because uh, in 2003 we had a, a friend coming from London as a tax exile. And at that time the, the agencies weren't very helpful. They didn't really have anybody who spoke English. They uh, didn't want to do visits on the weekend. It was a very different business than it is today. And I started looking to help him and found him something off plan on the lake in, in Saint-Prey. And I just uh, loved it because I like meeting people and I kind of missed the contact from my fashion shop. And that's how it started in 2003, looking for a property for a friend from London. So when you say you found him a property on the lake, what, what did you do exactly? What, was, what were your steps? I looked at different advertisements. He traveled a lot between London and here, so he wanted quite good um, transport link to Geneva Airport. And Sampre was a good place to start. And there was a beautiful uh, project at that time called La Morraine, which exists today, off plan, which looked very interesting. And uh, we followed that up and he bought an apartment uh, off plan there. So it seems to me that um, anybody who has a sense of entrepreneurship and self-initiative could start a profession in real estate. Is that so? It's something that looks very easy from the outside because people think, well, it's easy money. They think that real estate agents, they earn a lot of money easily. It's absolutely not the case. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree if you do sell something, it's very good, but uh, it's an independent profession and you can sell maybe two properties in one month and then you can uh, sell nothing for six months. So, uh, And there's more involved than people think. Uh, you have to visit the property, make up a file. You have to be prepared to do a lot of visits. It's very, very rare to sell something on the first visit. I have, mm -hmm. but um, I have also had 
clients that I've followed for four years to find them the right property. So, uh, yeah. so there's no there's no rule. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be that like very like pure salesmanship where with uh, an extra dose of uh, patience and mm. determination right it's something that would apply or would inspire maybe people who want to be independent but also who know that they can take the stress of not selling regularly how do you actually organize yourself knowing that you know you've done it now for many years knowing that there are ups and downs there are times when it's going to be really good and times that you don't expect will be maybe long and with no sales how do you react to that well the very first i did have a partner for 15 years and the first um mandate that we have was a little house a wine growers house above loot tree And we sold it after 103 visits, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> which seems crazy, but uh, it was also an apprenticeship. Uh, we learned a lot during, uh, during this time. We, le- we made a, a network with other agents and it was, it was a learning curve and it was kind of a key once that sold, just things... They just happened when I've been doing this now for 19 years and I have, as I am uh, English speaking, I have a lot of expat clients and the market opened up quite a few years ago now to make it easier for foreign buyers or with a B permit, uh, they can buy more or less anywhere. Whereas before it was restricted to certain areas, some places near Montreux and there were quotas. And I was just lucky at the time to be there when the market opened and to have a good uh, expat uh, clientele. There are two sides of uh, in your job. There's the, buy, there, there's the one who buys and then there's one who sells. So they are both your customers, are they? Absolutely. And um, how do you juggle between them? Because you need to, of course, have the interest of both and um, it's not necessarily easy all the time. How does that, how does that work? Yes, sometimes it can be a little complicated because you want to do your best for both sides. You want to get the best price for your seller and you also want to get a good deal for for your buyer. You don't want them to overpay and sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes a, a seller will think that his property is worth uh, a lot more than it actually is and especially... Uh, Today, the banks really have the, la- the last word. There's a lot of negotiation. There's a lot of uh, waiting. And there's a little bit of bluff, maybe, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's not always straightforward and easy to do the best job for, for both sides. When you started, you had to build your own portfolio, right? Uh, how did you uh, look for properties? And how did you find them? How did you convince the the owner to sign with you? It started off, I think, mainly after we finally sold this little wine grower's house, that I had a good client base. I had expat clients who didn't speak French, who trusted me, who didn't understand anything about the Swiss market. Hmm. And I think looking back, I, I must have started more that way with good clients and contacting other independent agents and and other agencies as my clients were quite faithful to me. This convinced other companies uh, to work with me. 
And then just things you hear people who want to sell or somebody who's pleased with you will recommend you to somebody else. And with an expat clientele, I, I have uh, often resold a house that I've sold somebody because they've left Switzerland or, or their plans have changed. That also happens. And I do an enormous amount of networking. I'm very active in uh, different associations, the International Women's Club, the Lausanne Accueil, the French-speaking business professional women. So I'm already, I, I like meeting people mm. and uh, I meet a lot of people through, through networking events. And we're talking about Switzerland because this is where we're based, but do you find uh, similarities, like a common ground in different markets? Uh, or is it really a country-specific job where, like for lawyers, for instance, they need to know the, the law of that country? Is it, is it the same also for, for real estate? Well, real estate here is quite different from, say, the, the states, where people, I think, they really only have uh, one agent, And um, here there's no, I think you have to get a certain degree of friendship with your clients to get them to be loyal because there's nothing to stop them uh, going to four or five agencies. Or on the other side, some people who have something to sell have the impression that if they take uh, six agents to sell their house, they're going to sell it faster, which is very counterproductive. I rarely ask for exclusivity and quite honestly I think it's very good if a client will maybe have two agencies because that keeps both everyone on their on their toes and creates a little bit of competition but if a client sees a house advertised six times with different agents mm -hmm. um, one will say it has five rooms one will say it has seven rooms another one will be with the garage another one will be without the garage then people will think there's something wrong with that property and they won't even want to visit it. <laughs> that uh, makes total sense. And is there a difference between, like, do you specialize in real estate just for, you know, for homes and, and so private dwelling or also commercial, commercial building? Do you do both? No, I'm only residential because uh, I have tried over the 19 years, once or twice with uh, buildings, commercial But it's a completely different aspect, and there are there are agents who are totally uh, involved in that, and it's uh, I have never been able to make any headway with that. So I stick to what I like. I think from being in the fashion industry as well, I like to sell something that exists that comes from touching the materials mm -hmm. and having things in my eyes. I'm not very good at selling off plan either. I, my speciality is really selling something that is built or a resell or something that I feel comfortable with and not something that's on paper that I can imagine in the future. So I think you can't do everything and that's what I'm most comfortable with. And now going back in time, uh, when can you... Tell me, you, you were interested in fashion, you had a fashion uh, shop. Were your studies, I'm interested because oftentimes we take different choices in terms of what we study, be it high school or university, either or or both, and then we find our path along the way. What was your initial academic background? Not very long. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was 15, I did the basic O-levels in, in England, and then I came for a year to uh, school in the mountains in Chateaudet in Switzerland, and then to learn French, and then I went back to England and did a bilingual secretarial course, and I... I never really wanted to to study. I wanted to be out in the active world. I, I never really wanted to go to university and um, I've never missed not going to university and I just wanted to be out there in the world and start working. <laughs> Did you know that you had a an interest in um, in selling because that's eventually what you have been doing both in fashion and in, in real estate? Yes, because in my shop, I enjoyed selling. I enjoyed uh, finding the perfect outfit for somebody as much as I enjoy finding the perfect house for somebody. But strangely, if uh, you ask me to go to Terre des Hommes and sell oranges in the street, I can't do it. <laughs> I cannot go up to somebody and ask them to buy an orange from me, whereas I'm totally at ease uh, selling houses or I was selling clothes but um, yes <laughs> <laughs> so you're more comfortable when when people come to you and ask for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to buy something <laughs> you have to really get to know your customer right to what what they want and if it's a an individual or a couple or if it's a family do you get in depth about their personal life and what what they like where they're from and what they're looking for that do you take time in this and if so like how does it go when from the first encounter until you actually have sold the house i must say that with expat clients i have mainly become friends with with the, i would say 90 of the clients i have had have become friends and i'm still friendly with And uh, yes, I like people. I like to really help them. I would never try and sell something to somebody if I didn't think it was the right thing for them because it's one of the, if not the biggest decision you make in your life. And I feel very strongly I, I'm, I'm not in it just to, to make money. I, I like to, to feel that I've done a good job and people are, are satisfied and that they're happy and that they're going to enjoy life there and not think, my God, I was talked into it by this awful agent and I, uh, I hope I can sell it again. That's really not my outlook <laughs> on real estate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, of course, the fun part is to interact and to uh, talk to your customer. And uh, when it gets to actually selling, um, how about paperwork? Is there a lot of paperwork? Is there something that you need to know in terms of laws? And like, the less fun bit that maybe could put some people off in choosing this job. Well, you have to, uh, I mean, practically everything today is uh, on internet. You have to be able to make your own files. I use professional photographer because it's very, very important. And uh, But I make up my own files. I do my own ads. I have an accountant, but I do my bookkeeping and send it to my accountant once a month. That's the least fun part. I hate <laughs> doing that. And um, otherwise, yes, you, there's a lot of research. If you're looking for something, then 
Uh, I spend hours uh, looking at what's on the market, what uh, would suit my clients, and changing my own ads around to if something's a little bit uh, slow, trying to change the ad, change the photos. There's there's quite a lot of back office to do. Absolutely, yes. Comparing it to a nine-to-five job, where we know, you know, in Switzerland, for instance, we have 42 hours of work as if you're an employee. When you're a real estate agent, how long are your days? And can you take, uh, let's say, two months off and then come back uh, and work for one month solid and it will be fine? Or how, how do you organize it? Personally, I am never unreachable. If I'm on vacation, I'm still reachable. And I think it's not something that you can't just, if you're looking after people, you can't just disappear even for a week or two weeks or two months. Uh, <laughs> that would be a dream, yeah? And no, I work a lot of hours. I work a lot on the weekends. The expats uh, tend, the husbands tend to travel a lot during the week. I'm always available to do visits on the weekend. I do research in the evenings. The last thing I do at night is look at my emails. If I have somebody who's, I see somebody who's asked me for a file at 10.30 at night, then they have it at 10.35. And you can't count your your hours or your days. It's If you are an independent, then you have to be available and your priority is your, is your clients. Do you think you would damage your reputation if you were to take a, a six months uh, sabbatical <laughs> I think I'd have no business left at all <laughs> I'd like to take uh, uh, my vacation this this year actually was six days not six months and oh. I was I was reachable all the time in Italy <laughs> oh. <laughs> But in Italy, you have to shut off your, your cell phone and enjoy the good food, <laughs> the sunshine. <laughs> I would like to ask um, one really fun anecdote that you have about uh, your job, and also on the other side, what difficult time that you've had uh, during your profession. Oh gosh, fun thing. A lot of things are, are fun. I have good times with some of my clients I can't think of um, <laughs> and I think of one thing when with my um, when I had a partner we were visiting a house where the people were supposed to be away and she opens the bathroom door and the owner was not away he was having a shower <laughs> <laughs> that's what comes to mind now <laughs> difficult things is the waiting game really you know because if you have an offer and another agency come with a better offer or your clients uh, are really enthusiastic but the bank's not following them there's a lot of disappointment as well it's a lot it can be a little bit nerve-wracking it's really often a waiting game and having been in the business for many years are there any lessons learned that you wish to share I think you have, the lesson is patience. You have to be patient. You have to uh, stay positive. I find it's funny that things for me I can come in threes. Either I'll have three letdowns and I think I'm never going to sell anything again. And then all of a sudden I have three sales in, in a month. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I think, oh, this is great. And 
it's exciting because it's always new. Uh, but every year is kind of starting off in a new business. You, you don't know, you really, there's no way of knowing what's going to happen. So every year I start off with a very low, uh, low goal and <laughs> I just increase it uh, as I go along during, during the year. It's a great profession for anybody who, you have to really like people, you have to be very sociable, you have to prepare, be prepared to go the extra mile, to go to a house earlier and uh, maybe tidy up, throw things, the teenager's room, things in the cupboard mm -hmm. and kind of, I'm always early anyway, but it's just not to give up, not to give up. It's not easy, it's very difficult to get started because people who start with an agency, they really start from scratch. I think most agencies, they don't give any basic salary. People are expected to find their their mandates and to do everything and then give a substantial part of what they do to the agency, which is why over the years I have seen a lot of colleagues who were with some of the big agencies become independent once mm. they, they feel that uh, they can go it on their own. There's also quite a lot of dishonesty. Mm. There are some people who will... Uh, who would just try and uh, take somebody else's mandate, go to the owner, say they have the perfect client and try and talk an owner into giving them a sales mandate. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, there are agents who will, yes, who mm -hmm. will easily steal, try and steal a, a mandate from you. But I have very rarely had that problem. I get on with... Uh, I work with most of the big agencies, other independents, and after 19 years, I, I hope I have a good reputation and people will um, are prepared to work with me. I have one last fun question for you. <laughs> I'm uh, thinking about technology and the progress that technology has, has made over the years and decades. And, uh, you know, if I think of virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, ways to show a house without even going in there physically, do you think that that can replace actual visits? And will it affect your future job, the way that you will approach uh, your customers or not? I know some agents, they will do a 360 degree tour, which does show you the house. But to me... You have to do, it can work maybe for somebody who's coming from abroad. I've just done this for a house that um, I've rented furnished for a year. Somebody who's taking a Anissa Batique and somebody else who's coming to Switzerland for a year. We did a video tour of the house to show him, but that's for a, a one-year rental. I feel, honestly, if somebody's going to buy a house, they have to feel physically the house And I honestly, I feel sometimes it's not only the client that chooses the house, but mm -hmm. the house chooses the client and they have to be in the house to, to get the sensation that, they, that they're somewhere that they, that they like to live, that they're comfortable. So I think the films are a great thing to, to give you an idea, but in, in my mind it, it doesn't uh, replace a, a physical visit, no. <laughs> no exactly and with this we end <laughs> thank you Beverly it's been a very big pleasure to meet you and to speak with you thank you thank you it was lovely and I'm happy to answer your questions 
And if anybody is interested, then I'm always also happy to help young people who want to know more about the about the business. It would be a great pleasure. I will let them know for sure. <laughs> If you have questions for Beverly, let me know and I'll be happy to connect you with her. Stay tuned for the next episodes.